I'm your host, Stephen Gutteridge, and welcome to Mid-South Moments. Greetings all. We have with us again today, Mark Thunderdale. How are you doing, Mark? I'm very well, thank you. Good, good. And Stuart Roberts, how are you? Hey, mate. Yeah, I'm good, thank you. Good stuff. Right, a slight change to our um, format this week, and we're going to do a watch-along show um, for the May 18th, 1905 episode. But as usual, you don't have to be watching along with the show to soak in all of the podcast goodness. However, if you do want to find this episode online, check the notes of the podcast, or you can search for 1985-0516-E297 Mid-South Wrestling. So easy peasy on youtube and that just rolls off the tongue and you will find it so if you're both ready i'm gonna hit play in three two one so are you both ready gentlemen yep yep all right i'm gonna hit play in three i'm actually i'm actually in the wrong part of the video which is good so i'm not gonna hit play just yet it's gonna keep the suspense going and I hit play in three, two, one, and here we go. So, actually, you might want to skip two seconds ahead if you're watching from home because I couldn't quite get it to zero. So, we're at seven seconds. I'm going to turn that down slightly to get the classic Mid South theme. Um, so, uh, when the epic credits end, we have Joel Watts and Jim Ross at the desk this week, my favorite duo, and they are about to run down what we have in store. Um, and Joel was, is, in a moment, going to look particularly pleased with himself. Actually, we're just seeing some a few people that have actually left Mid-South, such as Magnum TA, and there's Brick House, and there's someone getting their heads... Was that uh, Haxel Jim Duggan taking off Bobby Eaton's head with a close-up? You, you spotted that a week ago, didn't you? the same one, yeah. Yeah, I think that was. And Chris Adams just taking someone's head off with a, with a super kick but yeah so we finally get um joel and and uh and jim and joel just how pleased with himself does joel watson look there he looks very happy yeah he does doesn't he no one no one is more pleased about anything in life than uh than joel watson almost like they're in matching uh uniforms as well the colors and shirts man. yeah they are aren't they uh with the big big mid-south blazers on and the um the kind of is it a hexagon well, pen, hexagon, isn't it? Six. One, Is that two, right? three, four, five. Yeah, hexagon, yeah. six. Great. I was probably paying attention at school that day. Um, so, yeah, Joel basically adds that... Uh, so jo- Ross says they've got a tremendous hour in store and Joel adds it will have the Nightmare and Eddie Gilbert together, Brickhouse Brown and Brad Armstrong, plus the new tag team champions Steve Williams and Ted DiBiase will be here. On screen, you can see the Mid-South TV title tournament bracket and we're going to have the final of the TV title tournament with... Jake Roberts versus the snowman who has wormed his way in there. Let's be frank to, um, to basically get into this final, which uh, we, we saw his debut last week. That wasn't, um, wasn't amazing. And we're just about to cut in now um, because there's some more follow-up to um, Jim Ross and Jim Duggan. So I'm just going to turn this up as we cut to the follow-up. The interview with Hacksaw Duggan at this time. Jim is certainly is a much more pleasant surrounding. So that Jim's in a garden with Duggan with his shirt open, American bandana on, and an eye patch and his face is still red. Jim Duggan no will not lose his mm. left eye, and we're awfully excited and happy about that, obviously. But ladies and gentlemen, doctors did tell me that his uh, left eye uh, has perhaps suffered some uh, irreparable damage. Uh, only time will tell. But more importantly, uh, to many of the wrestling fans, I'm sure all the sports world, they say Hacksaw Duggan is not to get back in the ring. Well, Jim, you know, the doctors have their opinion of what should happen, of course, and I want to thank the doctors, as I want to thank everyone to send in the cards and letters. It meant a lot to me. It gave me a lot of encouragement when I needed a lot of encouragement. 
But the doctor suggested I don't wrestle again, mainly because of one reason. If it happens again, there is no question about it. There will be permanent eye loss and maybe eye removal. And, of course, the main concern now is Skandar Akbar and what the man will stop at. So I you know, had a long meeting with my family, who I'm very close with, and we all discussed it. And many of my good close friends discussed it. Of course, the doctor's opinion means quite a bit. But this is a decision that I'm going to have to make on my own. My eyesight that struck is me as funny. It's made me not where he it's said his family, who I'm very close with. Well, yeah, fam like family, right I suppose. Getting, where I can see some images. But the most important thing is that doctors say with the proper care and the proper medication, that I'll be able to get my total eyesight back. And the big question is if I'll get back in the ring or not. And that's a decision. It's going to be a big decision for me. I wouldn't me. say that's the yeah, highest quality bandage to put over it. your eyes. Just yeah, a very say, private decision, so. ladies and gentlemen. I'm Jim Ross with Hacksaw Jim Duggan, reporting exclusively for Mid-South Sports. So he takes the bandage off there and then just puts it straight back on, not the, not the most cleanly of things. And also, tremendous cleavage there from Hacksaw Jim Duggan with that shirt open, wasn't there? Uh, Mark, what did you make of this, uh, this promo here from uh, Jim Duggan as we're seeing the, the address to write to him with uh, best wishes on screen? Um, he's shaved the rest of his beard off now and he was smiling. He, he certainly looks better than he did last week. Um, it, uh, it was noticeable how he speculated as to whether he should and would wrestle again and he didn't commit to an answer either way. So uh, yes. we're, we're going to have to wait a little longer to see um, whether Hacksaw's coming back or not. Yeah, absolutely. Stu, what did you make of this uh, Jim Duggan promo here? Well, first of all, I loved Joel's transition from super happy to super solemn and just like <laughs> one one sweeping facial movements. So, He's got it all, um, Joel Watts. Absolutely all yeah. of it. <laughs> yeah. Um, I thought Jim Duggan had a bit of an Elton John thing going on there with the glasses and stuff yeah, like that. Yeah. So um, so yeah, but yeah, it was it was yeah, it is what it is. And uh like, like Mark said, we'll have to wait to find out um whether he's gonna be back or not. Yeah, I thought this was decent. This was this is probably the weakest of the things I'd say. I think related to this angle so far because I thought the taking the bandage off was was kind of was a little bit cheesy. But yeah, I mean it's still still good stuff on screen now. Um, Joel basically said that last week they announced that Skandar Akbar and Kamala had been terminated, but Skandar's put the lawyers of Mid South on the back foot, and Bill Watts won't comment on it at the moment. And Skandar said. Um, that Watts could not suspend him without hearing his sameness and screen at the moment. And his attorneys, the best money can buy, will keep on delaying and putting off the hearing, which may never happen. But until it does, um, President of Mid-South, Mid he needs to know they can't suspend him. And if, he, if they did, it would be a miscarriage of the American justice. And Bill Watts wouldn't want that. And Joel said that the bottom line is no suspension without hearing. He slags off the legal system at the time and said that it offers more protection to the person carrying out the crime than it does the victim. Uh, Mark, I know is one of the hardest me working men in podcasting that you watch this promo off air. Um, any thoughts on this one or anything I've missed? And uh, I'm a little bit ahead because Scandal's still, still uh, talking away here before we get back to Joel. My only thought really was, um, you know, it's good that they've had him on here to explain why they will be back next week. Um, and there is, is some truth at the root of it where, you know, he's entitled to a hearing that does make sense at least. And um, yeah, wh whether there's further disciplinary action later, we'll have to wait and see. Yeah, absolutely. Um, we've got a real treat in store up first here. Um, as, as Joel is shaking his head about the U S legal system, um, he's disgusted with it. He's shown all of the, all of that wider range of emotions there. Um, we've got Jake Roberts versus the Snowman in the Mid-South TV title tournament final. 
um, is up next. Um, now, Jim Ross is still talking, and we're actually going into break, so we're not actually going to get this. So I don't know what we're going. What we're going to what we're going to talk well, about during the um, break? Going right back to the start there uh, before the Duggan video, I did freeze frame to get a better look at the TV title tournament board, and um, there's nothing really stands out except um, there were five stipulations, and number two on that list was a time limit draw will be rematched the following week. Uh, and, okay. um, I'm used to more recent tournaments in wrestling in which a draw means both of the participants are out of the tournament. That's happened in the King of the Ring a few times and that Survivor Series 98, I believe that happened. And somebody else then gets a buy into the next round. But yeah. I suppose if there's no time limit draws book, then it doesn't really matter either way. Yeah, I'm, missing a, I'm missing a good wrestling tournament through a pay-per-view. Yeah, yeah, it doesn't happen often, does it? Yeah, they don't. I mean, there's been a couple of decent-ish tournaments in AEW, actually, but not all one night, more over, over the course of weeks. But yeah. um, in this, we've got, I don't know why, but bizarrely, Superstar Bill Dundee is a guest referee. Well, I suppose it's probably sort of the follow-up, isn't it? But spoiler alert. Um, yeah, Superstar Bill Dundee is the special guest, special guest referee and is looking particularly small. And we've got the Snowman and Jake Roberts. And what is going on with Snowman's waistband there? Very terms of this white, yeah, this white kind of Simon Cowell's sort of height waistband that seems floppy compared with the rest of his green tights <laughs> here. And he's got Jake in a good headlock. Yeah. I think um, Bill Dundee's a bit underdressed. He's got sneakers and uh, jeans on. Yeah, he's got kind of the kind of very high, kind of high. His, his jeans are pretty high as well, aren't they? At the start of the times. It makes you think of like AC Slater in Saved by the Bell or something in his hair. <laughs> And um, yeah, the snowman is adjusting his uh, his waistband now. I didn't think that the headlock that he had on Jake a moment ago was was particularly well um, put on, really. And I, I say that with zero zero minutes of in ring time in my wrestling career, but yeah, not not the best really. And and that um, collar and elbow tie up is pretty iffy looking as well, isn't it? Really. I I thought with um, in the early stages, you can see Bill Dundee's involved as referee. The Barbarian John Nords in Jake's Corner and Dutch Mantel is uh, watching close by. So mm. I certainly couldn't imagine this one going by without interference of some kind. No, with all these no. extra people involved. We've got a test of strength now, and poor Jake is selling and being pushed pushed down to the ground by this uh, this snowman. And we'll look at Jake's sell job here. I mean, this is this is not far off Shawn Michaels at SummerSlam ninety. Uh, uh, what SummerSlam two thousand and five? I suppose is it <laughs> in terms of overselling. Um, I just wonder what what was be going through the mind of Jake Roberts in a match like this with someone that he knows has got you know almost no talent whatsoever, but has got a look basically. <laughs> but talking about a look, the barbarian's huge at ringside, isn't he? Well, yeah, yeah, he, he is. Uh, but I guess obviously not on the not on the babyface side of things. But I mean, I just yeah. this is just um, just unbelievable it's, as Roberts pushes him up against the. The ring and gives him. There's a couple of slaps here that are quite loud on the on the actual uh, when you play it out loud. And the snowman is not pleased with that Probably as not, Roberts jumps back and Roberts is in big trouble now. Kicking the gut. Oh, look at this! What is that? I don't think this is just. Uh, um, oh, yeah, oh what is that? Uh, so, Mark, just explain. Well, what I thought we just he was going to land a Canadian destroyer there, but yeah. no. Um, <laughs> yeah, it was. Uh, yeah. The timing's a little off, let's say, between uh, who's doing what to who. Jake went for a back body drop, and it was near. And basically, um, 
the snowman kind of held on. It was almost, as you said, it was like it was going to be a Canadian destroyer. And he's just hit three three sort of big body slams in a row. And here comes number four. And poor Jake. He's even doing the, he's even doing the oh. dog like head shake, isn't he? I was he? just going to say that. Yeah, he's yeah. bending his knees and shaking his head. Yeah. That last one, he nearly fell over. There's no finesse in this at all, is there? I mean, poor Jake. I think that's number five now, isn't it? As Jake slithers to the outside. And uh, the Barbarian on the outside is not pleased with what's happening here. And, and like I said uh, a couple of weeks ago about Steve Casey, he's got his knee pads right down over his boots, nowhere near his knees. Yeah. Well, it looks like he's got knee pads underneath his tights, so there must be a second pair. Yeah, he's obviously had that, those sewn in. So whoever's done a bad job in his waistbands, obviously done a good job with the with the knee pads. Here, here we go, Jake, we talked a couple of weeks ago, not, not the most amazing of physiques in... Uh, in 1985 here really i think yeah perhaps one too many carbs i think in the diet's probably been uh perhaps that's a little, a little bit unkind this is going they're not doing much are they i mean at the moment um the snowman is just walking around the outside of the ring as roberts finally gets a boot in but he's so limited they're having to make this go though it's interesting actually that obviously they squashed steve williams straight away but i thought williams and Roberts are kind of similar levels at this point, but they're not squashing him straight away, are they? Which is which is odd. No. I, I like I said last week. I don't know if they were trying to. I mean, it wasn't played up in commentary or anything. But whether uh, Doctor Death was caught off guard by the surprise opponent, he he didn't prepare for him. You could go with that. That's yeah. The power slam. And that is it. And we have a new Mid-South, a decent reaction from the crowd, actually, to be fair, a new Mid-South television champion in a dire 422, a disgrace. Was Barbarian's not happy. My God. Four minutes 22, I believe. Yeah, it was, that was a long four minutes 22 as well. <clears throat> and I, I've just put in my notes, I don't know how Bill Watts can rant and rave about actors and people in other promotions not being proper athletes while pushing this guy. Um, and basically, as you can see, Jake, is um, after the bell, Jake's attacking uh, superstar Bill Dundee along with the Barbarian. Um, I, I just thought this was this was pretty dismal. Do, do either of you have any thoughts as the snowman gets in to make the save? Basically, I mean, look at these shots. Look at these shots. I mean, this is just look at that on the Barbarian. I mean, this guy. I'm sorry, but I can't. But whatever Jerry Lawler taught him, he, he should be ashamed if you know if he spent any significant time with this guy because he's absolutely appalling. And that is, he just hit a clothesline, one of the worst clothes I've ever seen. He makes the ultimate warrior looks like, look like Bret Hart in there. I mean, <laughs> just abysmal, absolutely abysmal. Any thoughts on this travesty that we've just seen in ring on the post-match, either of you? Not so much concerning the match, but on a bit of a tangent. Bill Dundee had been around a while at this point. He's a famous Australian and his name's Dundee. I genuinely wonder, do you think Crocodile Dundee, they got the name from... The wrestler. When did the first Crocodile Dundee The first one was about 85, 86. Yeah. And Bill Dundee had been around a while. Maybe that's where... How how famous was he in Australia, though? That's it. I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. And is Dundee a a well-known Australian name? Well, it's just a coincidence that he was wrestling at this time at a fairly high level. And a movie comes out with a character from Australia called Dundee. It maybe is just that a coincidence. Do you think he got the nickname Crocodile as a result of that film? Who? Bill Dundee. Uh, Bill Dundee I, I would yeah. have thought so. Yeah. yeah, I would like to think so, yeah. And I really I got he... it a bit at school myself with the shot on Dunderdale to Dundee. You know? Oh, really? Yeah. Crocodile Dunderdale, I like it. Yeah. I really hope, <laughs> in my mind, I've got uh, visions of 
uh, Bill Dundee really hating being called Crocodile and like every time yeah. it just got him more and more and his blood absolutely boiled. Stuart, sure, you're right there. Have you having like a hay oh, fever attack or something? He's in fit, sorry. It's all right, no problem. Um, there, is, there is actually a town called Dundee in Australia as well. Ah, that I didn't say. Where about Joe? Where about is? New South Wales. Is it? Okay. Um, in the ring now, we've got Eddie Gilbert and the Nightmare versus Mike Reagan and Mike Jackson. Um, and yeah, basically, we've been quite impressed with Eddie Gilbert um, so far. And obviously, the Nightmare has been pile driving everyone to Kingdom Come. Um, Mark, Eddie Gilbert, in terms of. He did. He did it. Did he? Was it? Was he around for ECW at the start? Was was he the Philadelphia promotion before ECW was around? Yeah. Well, yeah. That it, as an offshoot of the NWA, um, Eddie Gilbert, along with uh, Todd Gordon, who was a Philadelphia businessman at the time, created Eastern Championship Wrestling. Ah, okay. So he was, and, um, and he was the booker and one of the wrestlers there. And then they that was about 1992, I believe. And then in '93, they had a bit of a fallout. Gilbert left and Todd Gordon uh, got this Paul Heyman guy from WCW to come in as Booker and the rest is history. So, because what was the, what, because he was, Eddie Gilbert was also involved in the, was that, was that the absolute precursor to ECW in, um, in, to Extreme Championship Wrestling? Was there another one? Like a, there was like, another company before, or something, was it? Yeah, yeah, after Tri-State. Tri-State, um, Tri-State, yeah, yeah. Before it, before it became Eastern Championship Wrestling, yeah. I think he was involved with those. I mean, I, I've I've got some notes here regarding Eddie Gilbert. I mean, in this match, he's 23 years old. Um, wow. And before his life was cut tragically short at just 33, he'd, he'd lived a hell of a life. Um, he spent some time in the WWF in 1983 as Bob Backlund's protégé. Um, then after becoming a booker in the UWF, uh, he was Wrestling Observer's Booker of the Year, 1988. Wow, okay. Um, he was married to Missy Hyatt for a while in the 1980s. Uh, just a year after they divorced, he married Magenta, a.k.a. Alundra Blaze. I didn't know this. Yeah, this um, is mad, isn't it? He co-founded ECW, as I said. And the only other thing, in 1994, he sat down with Bob Arnett to record an out-of-character interview about his career. The videotape of that interview, titled Looking for Mr. Gilbert, went down in history as the first ever wrestling shoot interview. How interesting. So I didn't catch who that was with. Who did he sit down with? Uh, Bob, Bob Barnett. Oh, okay, okay. Um, I don't know who that is. So I thought I, I, I thought you might have said Jim Barnett, actually. So I was thinking, quirky, that's quite a... No, I thought the name one. stood out, but I think I'm getting mixed up with Jim as well. Uh, okay, okay. No, but that's, I mean, that's really, uh, really interesting. I, 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 I only, the first I ever heard of Eddie Gilbert was in Mick Foley's first book, because I remember he was very, they were close, weren't they? He was very complimentary about, um, yeah. about Eddie. Because um, I think, are they, they their paths probably crossing I think and um, in a few, pla well, yeah, it might have been down south the first met, but I think Gilbert, especially with the ECW years, was based in the northeast, where obviously Foley was as well. And uh, Gilbert's just hit the. That is the. That was Steve Austin's mo finishing move in WWE. The yeah, that's why it's called the yeah. stun gun because he was yeah. stunning Steve. Yeah, yeah, which is quite a good, quite a good little move, really, isn't it? And then the nightmare's about to hit the pile driver on uh, on poor Mike Jackson. What did you think of that one, Stu? In terms of the execution of that, I thought that was pretty on the money on that on Mr. Jackson. Better. There. Yeah, better. Yeah. <laughs> so they get the. Like I say, this is my. You know, I've not seen much of Eddie Gilbert, so this is you know. Ah, uh, oh, here we go. Um, they got the win in, th in uh, th 
and what was it? Uh, three and a half minutes. I'm going to turn up. Actually, turn I accidentally up. paused it. Yeah, I'm going to turn up, Mr. Snowman. $10,000 for Mid-South Wrestling. You are our new television champion. Yes, sir. Uh, okay. All right, wanna, Just ask if the microphone was on. All the lovely people from being out here. And uh, hey, $10,000. I can do a lot with it. I want it. I earned it. And I really appreciate it. My uh, spiritual trainer, uh, Boudini, spiritual to help me, Muhammad Ali. I've been training real hard. It's just like he said, sting like a bee and fly like a butterfly. That's what I did. A lot of people out here know that I can be DWC, Daddy Whipped Cream. So I'm going to buy this brand new Cadillac and ride all these pretty ladies around, take them downtown, buy them some with all this cash money I got. I'm glad to be in the territory. I know it's tough, but wherever it's tough at, that's where I want to be at, baby. And I earn it. You know, I'm not scared of anybody. As long as I got these big guns, I can take care of my own self. Jake the Snake, he tried to take me out. He can't take me out. All this good thick chest right here, all this beef. These thunder cookers, he can't do nothing with it. So I like to thank Mick South and all the lovely people for being here. I'm just so proud, man. It's a check I needed. I'm going to do something with it. I'm really rejoice over this. Thank you. Well, we're really happy to have you as our Mid-South Television Champion. The right. Snowman. Just an just interesting fact. $10,000 in 1985 would be worth about $24,000 today. There wow, you go. good inflation nice. fact there. A good inflation factor there. We give everything on this podcast. I mean, he mucked up Muhammad Ali's one of his yeah. famous catchphrases. And I, I believe... Sting like a bee, float like a butterfly. It should be the other way around. Yeah, yeah. Well, and I, be, I believe that the plan, and I don't know if this actually happened, um, was for Muhammad Ali to accompany this guy to... to um, yeah, it does happen, I believe. Does it later. happen? Yeah, yeah. 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 Against At, Jake Roberts. How interesting. I mean, I I thought, I mean, this was this was all right, but obviously he stumbled at the start. Um, and the guy the guy's just super green, isn't doesn't really know what he's you know what he's doing. Um Mark Mark first, um any any more thoughts on this promo before we go into the Terry Taylor figure four demonstration? Well, I made some notes um at first, but just watching it again there, uh Jim Ross reminded me of sort of a sort of Alan Partridge, David Brent type thing where <laughs> where he was rambling on, Jim would look at the hard camera sort of smile and then look back at him and let him finish oh i need uh, to watch it again now you said that okay yeah <laughs> it was um, a bit of a rambling promo where he went all over the place he went from how tough he was to thanking his trainers and muhammad ali for the inspiration then he went on to some ideas about what and who he was going to spend the money on and then he went back to how tough he was again it was a bit, yeah you know what did you think she would you, if you won ten thousand dollars back when you were twenty three, twenty four, would you have bought a big Cadillac and taken all the local ladies downtown for a nice drink? Yeah, no, because I'm tired of safety. So in ring now, we've got a Terry Taylor figure four demonstration. He's just basically Steve Casey and uh, Terry Daniels are kind of his helpers, um, and. Yeah, I mean, essentially, he's got the, the angle is Terry Taylor's going to be going up against Ric Flair for the World Heavyweight title in a, in a run of matches. Um, I think particularly one at the Superdome that's coming up in, in June. Um, so he his tactics are he's going to learn the figure four and, and try and fight fire with fire so that if Ric Flair tries to get him in the figure four, he'll know how to get out of it. So um, Terry Daniels there. This is probably his most prominent role on TV for quite a while. And he appears to be wearing a crop top T-shirt as well. Crop which, uh, I was going to say. It's a yeah, <laughs> which appears to be a thing in the 80s. Um, and unfortunately for Taylor, Casey and uh, Daniels here, 
their little figure four demonstration is about to be interrupted by Mr. Ted DiBiase. So we're going to listen in to what DiBiase has to say here um, because he's interrupting Terry Taylor. Wait a minute, Terry Taylor. I've had about enough of this Mickey Mouse demonstration. All I can take. Number one, Taylor, you haven't worked with the figure four leg lock long enough to be de demonstrating it to anyone. All you've showed here is a couple ways to keep from getting it put on you. You're after the world champion, and number one, if anyone deserves a shot at the world heavyweight champion, it's Ted DiBiase. Too true. Yeah. You talk to Ric Flair. Ask him about Ted DiBiase. He'll change the subject because he don't want to know about me, but that's not the point here. The point is, you don't know enough about the whole to be making any demonstrations. Regardless of whether you or anybody in this building likes me, they know that Ted DiBiase is a master of the figure four leg lock. And I'm here to tell you this. I got a man right here. Take a look at this man's legs, Taylor. I'll tell you right now, you can't wow. put the figure four legs. Wow, what a pair of legs. You what a pair of pins. Get a glimpse at his face in a few moments. See if you recognize him, Stuart. Strength and size doesn't matter. It's leverage and the pressure points. And how it's applied, you know that as well as anybody. Taylor, don't talk to me about leverage and strength. I know... I, I tell you what, there's a lot involved. Number one, the size of the man's leg. Is he a tall man? Is he a short man? Where do you apply the pressure? That's the fine point. I feel what like they were doing um, Ted DiBiase a disservice at the start of this when it's his recognized finishing move in mid-south. Yeah, yeah. All the talk was about Ric Flair doing it, trying to block Ric Flair. So, yeah, I was pleased DiBiase came out. If you're bad enough to go after Ric Flair in a world title, you take him down and put the hold on him. I'll do that. You make sure you're on the floor and out of the oh, way, I'm, I'm and gone. I'll do it. I'm gone. You get up. I thought that was sort of pretty classic stuff from Ted here. So, so basically, they're 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 being challenged to see if that if Taylor can get the figure four leg lock on Thor, basically here. So, Stu, any any what, idea what's on his, what's his name? Thor. Thor. Yes. Yeah. So any idea of who this... Uh, so this is quite a good shot of him there, actually, now, in terms of his face. So and we're, we're going to see whether um, whether Taylor can get this figure four on. And, oh, oh hold on, I've missed... Oh, sorry. No, is it ta whether Taylor oh, can, sorry, can Taylor can break it. Sorry, I've completely, completely got the wrong end of the stick there, as I have in my notes. So so Thor has got the, the figure four on Taylor now. Um, yeah, I'd, I'd put um, in my notes, so Taylor is left in the ring with Thor to try and prove he can put the figure four on his gorgeous bronze, leg, bronze legs. So obviously I've got the completely wrong end of the stick of that. Um, yeah, so Taylor's caught in the... Did it? They didn't I even think get... that is what DBS said, to be honest, but Thor got it on Taylor before Taylor could get it on Thor. Oh, yeah. Did, did uh, DBS punch Taylor there or, or did that... No, I guess that. Oh, I think that might be okay. So that might be might be did a very good job of watch along, which is tell people what happens before it happens, which is excellent. So Taylor's reversed the figure four, four and the crowd is is enjoying this a lot. And DBS is up on the the ring apron here now, protesting. And what I thought that if you reverse the figure four, you could get out of it because you're the person. Oh, I suppose you have to be unlocked by the referee. Is that the kind of theory behind it? I suppose. I don't know. Um, I think. The ref called for the bell because Thor couldn't continue. I think reversing it got Taylor the victory there. 
I mean, ta- yeah, in, in the commentary, Taylor reversed it and Joel shouts, yeah, and Thor submits, basically, yeah, which is the only time I've ever seen this, even though Ross said it wasn't an official match. Um, Stu, what did you make of all this? And did you have you got any idea on who, uh, who Thor was eventually? I'll give you a clue, the WWF, prominent role in 1992 in the World Wrestling Federation. As on screen, we've got uh, Ted DiBiase in Doctor Death versus Steve Casey and Terry Daniels are coming next. Oh, uh, he, um, he he looks very yeah. I'm just trying to think now. Did he? Uh, I can't think what his bloody name is now. Did I can he, give uh, you a clue, but it'll give it away. Did he have a feud with um, Big Boss Man? Um, mm. Oh God, what was his name? You're 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 there, Stu. He's just when you can remember yeah, his name, he was convict, wasn't he? Did he yeah. get like an orange? Oh, don't tell me. Don't tell me. So Boyd, Boyd's there. And Nails. He's Nails. Yes, you've got Nails. it. Nails, yeah. No, he looks exactly like stunning Steve Austin. Well, well, yeah, I, I was gonna, well, when I first looked at him, I thought Steve Austin, but then I was thinking that's too early for Steve Austin. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, um, God, Nails, yeah. Nine, yeah. And who else did who else did he wrestle? Oh, I'm trying to think now. He wrestled someone at SummerSlam, didn't he? I can't think who um, was Nails in the uh, Virgil. Virgil, Virgil yeah, yeah, yeah. Virgil. Oh man, I'm back. Crikey, I bet that was a classic. Um, the, they went into a. Um, they started a feud with the Undertaker because them two facing off was on the front of a WWF magazine one month, uh, and then he had his fallout with Vince McMahon. Okay, and, uh, he was never seen again, and that was it. Um, did either of you watch the Steve Austin A and E documentary, which is? Probably six weeks old now. I'm asking you this when this actually podcast actually airs. Have you seen, have you seen it at all yet, Mark? No, no, I haven't. No, I would I would recommend it. It was very it was very well done. I mean, it's not a lot of new stuff, but Steve Austin is so kind of um, you know he's so interesting, isn't he, to listen to? And I tell you, the other the other one that was really good with him on um, was the follow up to the Jericho interview, which I think you've both seen, haven't you, on the WWE Network? The, I the still haven't of- seen that yet. I've, oh, no, have you not? No, no, I've seen little excerpts of it, but. I've just not found two hours to sit down and, and and watch it yet. Yeah, no, it was it was it was a bit long. But the, um, Austin went on Jericho's podcast and did like they talked about some of his his kind of most famous matches. He talked about the the Rock matches and the Bret Hart matches, um, and 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 working with Vince McMahon. And it was it, again not not a lot of new stuff, but it was very funny. And there was a few funny stories and stuff that came out. So I would definitely recommend that. Um, in ring, DiBiase's working over um, uh, Manchester's favourite son, Steve Casey, here. Um, and yeah, again, Casey's kind of like, uh, as, he, as he goes for a little small package here, Casey's kind of with Terry Daniels and, and he's kind of been pushed into that mould, really, unfortunately, here now. And he goes oh, for the, the small package, package again. But I, I want to see more from Casey in terms of kind of more push because I think he'd, he's good enough in the ring. And he, we saw him in that one promo and he was obviously, I thought he was pretty good in that as well. But yeah, I don't think um, Terry Daniels is all that long for this match. So he did hit an offensive move there on Deviossi, actually. Little skip over. Uh, poor Daniels, yeah. One Not thing that struck me as odd about this one, um, before the previous commercial break, before this match started, uh, Daniels and Casey were already in the ring for the Terry Taylor thing. And um, and then when they had their introductions for this match, they were both wearing ring jackets. So I can only assume they went backstage, put the jackets on and come back out again. Hmm. Professional. They wanted to come down to the ring to make sure they were in jackets. Yeah. Um, Terry Daniels got absolutely drilled there with a couple of like really, really heavy duty backbreakers. Williams' work just is like there's no, there's no, you know, no air in or holes or whatever you want to call it in this. It's just very, very crisp. And and they're doing the whole fast tag thing here. 
Um, Daniels, again, I think that's that's four offensive, five offensive moves. This is going to be, ah, oh, he doesn't quite make it six, unfortunately. And he's struck off the top rope. I think <laughs> this might be it. Debios has lifted his leg up. Figure I think four. this is going to be figure four. And I think this is going to be all over um, in not very long at all. So, um, yeah, that's two minutes and 40 seconds. Any, you, any, think you think he'd have picked up a couple of hints and tips in the demonstration, but he obviously didn't apply them to that match. So. Well, exactly. Yeah, he couldn't get out of Ted DiBiossi's. But oh, as, demo. <laughs> no, as Mark said, DiBiossi was the one that was kind of was using this as, as his proper finisher. Um, any anything to add on this match, Mark at all? Um, I, I thought Doc, Doctor Death looked a bit a bit fired up, maybe a bit salty about the week before when he was basically squashed by the yeah. snowman. Yeah, I agree. Some of the stuff in there was looking particularly stiff. Any any uh, any thoughts on this at all, um, Stu? Anything to add? No, like you said, just some stiff shots there. So, but uh, but no, nothing nothing to add. So next up, um, we've got the Barbarian and Ken Glover. But first of all, we have a particularly sweaty Jake Roberts. Let's let's listen in and see what he's got to say. Something to say, and you might as well listen to it, and all of you might as well listen to this before. When I came to this area, they pushed me to the back. They said, no, Jake, you've got to wait your turn. Well, I waited my turn. I waited my turn. I'd done exactly what they asked me to do. I went out here and wrestled all the way through the tournament, just like they asked me to do. But what do they do, man? They slip a ringer in on me. This guy, what's a snowman? Let me tell you something, snowman. You're a phony. You're nothing. You're not a man. You come out here, they slip the ringer in me. I don't know where they got the guy. They tell me, oh yeah, Boudini Brown trains him. They say Muhammad Ali's his spiritual leader. Let me tell you something about spirits, my man. All spirits are dead. I don't think you're the man you say you are, snowman. But what I do tell you is this. Mid-South, I am tired of you ripping me off and playing your stinking games with me. I have tried to do it the right way. And the hardest battle I ever fought, Boyd Pierce, was the one that's raging in my mind right now. And that fire is burning. And if you want to teach somebody a lesson, I guess the only way to do it is to start crippling people. And brother, I'm telling you right now, I want you to hurt this place. You understand? There's the rat. Uh-oh. Poor Ken Glover is in big trouble there. I thought that was absolutely classic stuff from Jake. And I couldn't agree more with his sentiments about the snowman. Um, Mark, what did you make of this promo from uh, Jake here? Oh, and also yeah. I've got a follow-up question actually when you finish. That's classic Jake Roberts there. I like yeah. the line about uh, the thing about spirits is they're all dead and uh, yeah, good stuff. Yeah, really good. Um, Stu, what did you make of that Jake Roberts promo? Oh yeah, classic Jake. I'm just just feeling for Ken at this moment in yeah. time. Ken's about to be brutalized. So how old do you think Jake was uh, during that promo there? Well, he looked about 35 to me. So you, are you going first with 35 there, yeah. Stu? Well, Mark, I, what are you going for? I remember when he came back in 96 to WWF, they made a big deal of his age, but I can't remember what it was. Maybe if I'm saying 43 in 96, I'll go 31, 32. 29 Oof. 29 i mean he's must be one of the oldest looking 29 year olds because i think when i wrote that down i i thought i knew he wasn't late 30s but i thought he looked sort of late 30s really there yeah. the combination obviously like absolutely streaming with sweat here um 
Ken Glover, why is he wearing this purple singlet? I was just going to say, he's got tights, tights and a singlet on over his tights. Yeah, it's really weird. And, and unfortunately for him, like... I think this barbarian is probably the guy that oh, I at least want at least want to brutal elbow. He just dropped him an elbow, just like just absolutely smashed him in the sternum from the middle rope. Um, yeah, Kenton just all sorts of trouble. Ah, uh, boot. Do you see that boot there? He didn't even get his hand out. It just went straight into wow. his face, didn't it? I wonder how much checking the guy like this would have got paid for this. Okay, no yeah. idea. If any anything, do you think twenty dollars? Hot dog. Try yeah, out. not much. Should be on TV. He's just getting absolutely ragged in this um this full Nelson now, and uh, Ooh, that's like it. That. And he knees him in the stomach just for good measure. And uh, perhaps worst of all, Jake Roberts throws down his sweaty T-shirt on top of him, which is um <laughs> which is not good. And Ross shouts, "He punished that man!" As we go to uh, go to break. So um, Brickhouse Brown, Brad Ar- and Brad Armstrong versus Chan Chang and Larry Clark up next. Um, and I think both of them are making their Mid-South TV debuts when, uh, when we get back from break. I think of the three, this, this kind of feels like maybe the, the weakest of the, of the three so far. What do, you, what do you think, guys, in terms of this, um, of the three you've done? How does this stack up versus the other two? Yeah, we, we had a couple of really good weeks of in-ring stuff there. This one, we've had that Jake promo and the Ted DiBiase promo, not too bad. But, you know, the snowman didn't get us off to a flying start and uh, no. hasn't really got going yet. No. no. What any 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 thoughts on this week versus the other two? Yeah, shared? yeah. I'd say this has probably been the weaker of the three that we've uh, we, we we we've seen really and stuff like that. But I mean, there's still been some snippets of good things, but it's not had the drama of the last two weeks. I think that's probably fair to say. No, absolutely. And um, we can see on screen now the crowd's really getting out of their feet and. Um, the brick house push is working because his music uh nucleus the song computer age uh people are into um and yeah he's coming out of brad armstrong and, and I, I i just don't i'd rather have seen brick house win the, in the tv title tournament than um than the snowman but i guess what's wanted probably someone with a little a little bit more size but um yeah just not i don't know i, I just i just find that i find it very hypocr- hypocritical for for Watts to make such a big deal out about the kind of lack of athleticism in the other promotions and then kind of push, push that guy really. So yeah, not, um, not one that I'm, I'm too keen on really. Um, as we're moving into the last match of the show, as the, as the picture seem to slow down here, we've got dirty Dutch Mantel on the outside. who appears to be playing, Basically, a kind of wrestling voyeur, I suppose. So, how many times have we seen him outside now? I think I've seen him a couple of times before Ooh. you guys. So, I think I've seen him five times. Then. He's done anything, yeah. hasn't he? Well, I, I said a couple of weeks ago, um, I, I liked what I've seen of him in ring so far, and I'm wanting him to get involved in some more juicy uh, stuff, but yeah. nothing's coming of this uh, voyeur. We saw him twice last week, didn't we? Um, and he's been out a couple of times this week as well. Yeah, it's 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 strange, isn't it? I'm sure he's going to pick his moment at some point, and then he'll be, uh, you know, he'll be he'll be heavily involved in um, in I'm sure, uh, you know, pretty heavy duty feud. But it's good seeing some of these guys because I guess with, for him, did, Mark, do you remember seeing him anywhere else particularly? Because I think we kind of miss we only, I only really remember him later in, later in his run as a manager. But um, it's good no, seeing I, a guy like that in the in actual ring time. I remember always um, seeing his name in, in the old magazines and stuff and, and things like that, but I never caught him. I think he wrestled for WCW a while um, in the later end of his uh, in-ring career. I didn't see any of that either. 
No, yeah, he's he's certainly one. I I think that some of these guys that didn't have a sort of WWF run in the mid to late eighties, uh, and then you know weren't really around after that. We kind of pass pass a lot of us by. Him. So have a look at, look up at his um his his cage match um entry to see kind of where. Yeah, so he was in WCW from basically ninety one, but not not yeah not i probably only a little bit over seven months so um sort of not a huge amount of time in there and i'm not sure so in 92 it was smoke yeah smoky mountain from there um so yeah i guess in terms of our our exposure to him it would have been you know pretty limited really in terms of um he was in actually he was in well yeah nwa actually in 90 as well so i presume that's just because because the switch to wcw but yeah not someone that we would have seen a lot of i completely missed the finish there while i was talking about dutch mantel so if anyone could fill me on what just happened that'd be great i didn't write that down unfortunately the only thing i wrote about that match was it seemed like an odd choice to main event a show which had also included the final of a big title tournament and a match including the tag team champions yeah i, I agree um any thoughts on that, Stu, before we I try and describe what's in the screen at the moment? Uh, no. <laughs> right, so now we've got a Brickhouse Brown um, video package that Joel has put together. So this is the usual stuff. So just kind of talk through this. So uh, Brickhouse is outside a club. It's, it's Xanadu, apparently, um, that's the club. And he's shaking the hands of a couple of people. Referee's holding his arm up. He's celebrating with a little bit of a dance, looking good. Hair's looking particularly good as well, I would say. A little bit of a jump there. Nice. Uh, he's back outside the club. So I guess what they're doing with him outside the club is they're trying to show him popular. Like he's a, you know, kind of a man for the people. He's, he's walking around. He's walking down to the dance floor now and he's just sort of, you know, fist up to a few people. I think there's a few ladies there and they're following up onto the dance oh, floor. Yeah. So they're, they're, in for, um, they're in for a nice time dancing with... Uh, can they keep up with him though? Because he's quite the mover, old Brickhouse. Uh, we've got Hercules being... Um, uh, where is Hercules? I suppose he's in Jim Crockett at this point. Uh, atomic Drop. We've got Will, uh, Steve Williams going down. Just too, action too fast and furious for me even to call there. He's got the dirty white boys taking shots. A little bit of a dance. This is the full treatment. Poor Thor's getting absolutely done in the ring now as well. More dancing. <laughs> Quite tough. Need to take a breath, but it's all right. I'm going to carry on. Here he is out at a house show. Crowd's going wild. Little spin. Lovely move. Back in the club. All the, oh, there's some... Oh, okay, Lady in the Red. Oh, yes. Yeah. Yeah, she's getting she's down. Enjoying, yeah, she's enjoying it. Some good moves from her. <laughs> she's certainly a contender for for dancing. And there they are again. Oh, and, and it looks like the lady in the in the red top's got some competition here. Uh, and then a double crossbody on the dirty white boys. And uh, Brick House is now winner. pointing at the lady in red. He's with his friends. He's having a great time. There's a disco ball in the background, of course. Wish I could hear what they, what the song was playing in the club. And that's it. A classic Joel Watts uh, video <laughs> package there. Any thoughts on that uh, that package there, Mark? Um, first of all, I've reviewed my notes and the the previous match ended with a Brickhouse Brown jumping headbutt. Excellent. So he's still getting that push and he's still undefeated since coming in. Uh, the video, yeah, it was set to a song called Computer Age by a band called Nucleus. And um, yeah, it was filmed at the Xanadu Club in Shreveport. So Joel made sure to thank them for their hospitality. I don't know if it's somewhere he hung out uh, locally. Um, yeah, it was a good, good video. Fun. Yeah, I liked it. What did you think, Sheep? I oh, just wondering if Joel had a good night because he would have had to have been there to film it. So did he? Uh, did he get a bit of a funk on with the ladies after the filming had finished? That's what we want to know. I think wherever Joel goes, he has a good night. Um, 
basically Brickhouse and Armstrong headed over to uh, over to the desk and Brown said that him and Armstrong had been getting together in the gym and they were ready for the tag team champions, which Joel responded with, all right, enthusiastically. <laughs> Ross said they hoped they would have another update from Jim Duggan, plus an interview they believe would rock the wrestling world. And that's quite the cliffhanger. And that is it for the May 18th, 1985 episode of Mid-South Wrestling. So some good stuff here. I think this is probably, you know, we're probably doing this one a little bit of a disservice, but the last one, last couple have been so, so good. So um, Stu, any final thoughts on this uh, this episode as Jim Ross is just basically talking his way out of the episode here? Yeah, no, like you said, like we said earlier, it didn't quite have the uh, the, the the impact of the uh, the last two, two ones, you know. Um, yeah. You, you do question again, like Mark said, why the TV uh, title wasn't the, the main event, if you know what I mean. But then I suppose the other semi-finals had always been the first match. So I, I sort of like get that. But uh, but yeah, in terms of in terms of content, probably not as strong, but but still a good watch. Yeah, I, I agree. Mark, any final thoughts on this uh, this um, May eighteenth, nineteen eighty five episode of Mid South Wrestling? I like it when the mix the the different uh, things during the course of an hour long show that there was a mix of live action in the ring. There was some promos, uh, an exhibition there with Terry Taylor, and then they capped it off with another one of Joel's music videos. Uh, I thought the way, the way they're previewed next week, they're saying Ric Flair will be in action um, and there'll be that surprise announcement, which will be a key interview that will rock the wrestling world. Uh, definitely don't want to miss next week's episode. Yeah, absolutely. I'm just trying to look up whether, um, was it Lafayette that Xanadu was in? Uh, it said Shreveport. Oh, was it? Okay, yeah. I'm just trying to see if, if uh, Xanadu is still... Uh, okay, remember when? Xanadu nightclub on Greenwood something. Oh, it's a... You know what? There's a, It's a forum and it's about 150 pages long, which I'm not going to look forward to. Look, look through. So that's it. Yeah, I thought it was a pretty solid episode again. Um, and obviously we've got the big cliffhanger. So looking forward to seeing what happens next week. And also Rick Flair is on the show next week as well. So, uh, and Skander Akbar will be back with Kamala after the legal appeal from their lawyers. So gentlemen, thank you very much for a hat trick of appearances in a row. And where can people, uh, Stu first, where can people find you online? Yeah, so I'm on Twitter. Uh, my handle's at Wakefield Canary. And send him your congratulations for Norwich's promotion back to the Premier League. So congratulations, Stu. And by the time this airs, Fulham will have passed you on the way back to the Championship. Alas, yeah, one day we'll be able to go to, to go to see a Premier League <laughs> game again, but not, not anytime soon, I think, unfortunately. Uh, Mark, where can people find you online? Uh, it's at Dopper6, which is D-O-P-P-E-R, the number six on Instagram and Twitter. Perfect. Thank you very much all for listening. Uh, thank you, gentlemen, again, and we shall speak to you all again very, very soon. Thank you very much for listening to the show. If you've enjoyed it, why not head over to Apple Podcasts and hit the subscribe button, follow on Spotify, or press whatever you need to where you listen to this show to receive the episodes as soon as they are released. We love reviews at Mid-South Moments, so why don't you make my day by leaving a five-star rating? Also, if you're interested in guest hosting in the future, please do reach out at Mid Moments on Twitter and I look forward to speaking with you all again very, very soon.